What is up, everybody? Joseph here with my co-host. Anaya Bogue. Welcome to Rad Parenting. We have an amazing show for you tonight. A unique show. I love how I threw tonight in there, even though yeah. we're taping during the day. Yeah. Where did that come from, Joe? Do you think we'll ever do a show at night? I hope so. No, like, I want to do... I I'm wanna... not as sharp at night. Okay. So it could be, like, I won't have anything intelligent to say. No. But... <laughs> well, you know what? Whenever you've done um, the events that you do, the fundraiser... For uh, um, yeah. girl empowerment and all of that, and yeah, and true, there's an adrenaline rush and a little bit of wine thrown in. I um, was going to go. say that the one that I was a part of at the Improv in Los Angeles, it was first of all, I gotta say this, it was packed, like knows well, how to fill. We should maybe have you come up, yeah, though, for the next. Yeah, one. okay, we'll get. To We're that introducing later. him before okay, we even mention him. Um, <laughs> just so you guys know, our our guest is here, and if you hear rumbling, it's his stomach. And we'll tell you all about that. He's brought <laughs> Pepco Bismol with him the whole nine yards. We've never had that before. We've never when had that. When a guest comes into the studio with their own Pepto Bismol. Maybe I think that's why it's the evening, because I always see this guy in the evening. But um, maybe we will get him to do one of your events. Yeah. Uh, rad parenting guest today is my good friend Bill Dawes. He is an actor. He is a comedian. He's a father, which I'll lead right into that, is that we've been doing stand-up together uh, at the Laugh Factory here in Hollywood. And a couple other places. Bill was one of the first comedians that I met when I first started doing comedy about seven years ago. He was super, super cool to me. Super, super funny. And then he disappeared for uh, a little while because he went out to um, New York and was part of a Broadway play. And it was rad because um, I was like, you know what it really was? And I, and I know he's sitting right next to me right now. I was impressed because doing stand-up is one thing. But like acting and like on Broadway and oh, then I yeah. see photos of him like I would go on and like I kind of totally trolled like his thing a little bit yeah. like in a, in a positive way. But I was like, wow, like he's legit. Like all of us are up there telling jokes and yeah. and he's a funny comedian. But when I saw the acting aspect of right. it, like my whole vibe of him he's changed. He's a truly talented human being. Exactly. Um, and one night we were backstage and um, when we started doing Rad Parenting, I got a text from him right away and he was like, Hey, I'd like to be a guest on your show. I thought he was joking <laughs> because he has never talked about kids or, or, and I don't, it just, we never had those kind of connections. Right. And he goes, you know, I'm a dad, right? And I go, yeah, sure you are. Like, I thought he was joking. So then we start talking and one night we're backstage at the show and he goes, and I go, man, that was funny. You sent me that text. And you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I could have you on the show. You're not a dad. He goes, no, I am a dad. I have a daughter. And I go, really? When? He goes, well, I had a daughter from a one night stand. And I'm like, what? And you know, we're literally getting ready to go on stage. And I'm like, this is like an intense conversation. <laughs> and then I had to ask him, I'm all, are you, you know, how connected are you with you? And he goes, I just spent the weekend with her up nice. in Berkeley. She's going to school. And then, and then we just opened up this whole thing. I was like, wait a minute, one night stand. And, and you've had this journey with her the whole ride. He goes, yeah. And when we like, rad parenting, do we find all these various incarnations of parenting and how d there are so many different ways to do it, so many different contexts, yeah. and we can always still do it? And well. going back to the emails, which thank you guys all uh, for sending them, there was an email recently on there from a dad mm -hmm. that had just found out he's going to be a father. Same situation, which we're going to let Bill take it over here in a second, but it made me go, you know what? This would be a good yeah. guest to have on the show because it was such a situation that you usually go, wait a minute, how would you make that work? Bill did make it work. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Bill Dawes. Hi. How's your Everyone? stomach? Is your stomach okay? I think it'll hold. I okay. Think it'll hold through the. <laughs> Bill just finished. Uh, Bill finished what? Eight dates in Reno, two shows a night. Yeah. And you're saying that it's not alcohol poisoning? Maybe the altitude <laughs> and <laughs> casino food. Yeah. I don't know. How about this? But... Just being in Reno. 
For, just being yeah. Reno. Yeah. yeah, just Reno. Yeah. I don't even think hermetically sealed in those hotel rooms yeah. with no windows that open because people jump out and kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. Be stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much for making this happen. Uh, let's just you can take it over from here. I set it up on a cold wintry night. <laughs> well, um, so I'll I'll try to be quick with the backstory as quick as possible with the backstory. But um, basically when I was just out of graduate school, a wee young actor in New York. And uh, I was doing a play. A, a talent manager came along. I was like, hey, I think you're the next big thing, and I want to fly to L.A. and make you a star. Flew me to L.A. When I was there, things were a little tense. I realized maybe this is wrong. And she said, I don't want to manage you. I want to date you. I said, this is screwed up. I got to get the out The talent of manager? Yeah, yeah. Scandalous. So I said, can I get out? By the way, can I curse in this show? Is, is uh, we no, can't curse. we can't curse. Yeah. Good, good. So I haven't good. yet. Okay, you haven't yet. Wait, so, so start this over. I, the talent agent flew to New York only to say, "I'm not a ta- I'm a talent agent, she but is. I want to. I want to." But I'm really. She interested was managing is... Matt LeBlanc and Thomas Jane and other people, mm. and then I f- so I, I get Matt out of here. Well, this is going to be interesting then. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so I go back to New York. I don't see her for three. Four months. Wait, hold on, point. hold on. Wait, so she, wait, she, she puts this in front of you, and what do you do with it? Yeah. I say I have to leave. I can't be. Oh, here. This oh, is, this wow. is bad. This can't, you know. Okay, okay. got I'm it. I'm a young wee lass. You brought me here on false pretences. Yeah, how Why, dare you, you, wicked, wicked woman? Where are these accents coming from, know. guys? <laughs> Whenever you're telling a scandalous story, you have to put okay. on a British accent. Okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so she comes to New York, and then we talk in my apartment, and we kind of fight. And for some reason, the fighting led to fornication. Oh, wow. And, um, and that was it. And I don't see her. And I was really mad at her. So it was definitely one of those hate-filled nights. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad to say. Yeah. But anyway. Passionate. So, um, passionate. passionate. Yeah. Um, then, uh, then I think four months later, I get the call. I get the call. Yeah, tell me the call. Tell Wait, the call. So, no, so zero contact for those four no, oh, months? Oh, yeah, because it was basically like, I don't like you, you don't like me, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But this happened. Yeah, we did this thing. We and... have this crazy attraction. Get out of here and done. Okay. Done. So she called me. She said that she was pregnant. And so, you know, my first thought was like, well, who, you know, is, is the child mine? And she said, it's one of three people. Uh-oh. Now, oh, she is, was... is this where Matt LeBlanc is going <laughs> to Bing, bing, so bing, bing. Good. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, my gosh. So uh, so <laughs> I thought, I said, well, can you get can you get a test? Now, this is, or, this is 2000 or whatever, so sh- you can't really get a test then. No, they, didn't you, ha- you can't they didn't have the, the same, you do amnio, which amnio at that point was kind of dangerous. Maybe she yeah. wanted to do it. So she was convinced that it was her friend Matt LeBlanc's child. Okay. So, um. But she thought she, she would let first you she know. She called just me, let me case. know. I said, please check. And then she called me, I think a week later and said, it's not yours, it's Matt. The date's conception don't ma- match, blah, blah, blah. I know in my heart it's his, blah, blah, blah. Then I don't hear anything for a year, uh, a little over a year, year and a half, maybe. So baby is born at that point. Baby's born. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then I get a call from her. I, I think the, the, the thing that she said, which was really funny, she said, she said, you know, this is really weird, and only a few people get this. I used to be a professional break dancer, and I was really good okay, at, I was wow. really good at it the, just keeps I was really better. good at the worm. Can I tell you right now, yeah. all the things that I had in your intro were so bad, because I should have said, in the studio with me, actor, comedian, break dancer, mm-hmm. uh, 
theatrical legend. Um, okay, keep going. So keep you're going. really good so at what part? She called. I, I mean, I don't know why. I totally forgot. She, she said, uh, "My daughter came out doing the worm," which is her way of saying that this is your daughter. <laughs> I know, very odd. And I said, "Well, I said, and then I didn't believe her at that point. I said, I don't know if I believe anything you say anymore." Sure. So, um, I think I might have even hung up the phone. Like, no hablo inglés. And, yeah. yeah. And she called me a couple months later and said, look, I'll pay for a DNA test. Um, so that's what happened. It was arranged. The guy came up. It was like the Adjustment Bureau. He had like a briefcase and a wow. fedora. And wow. Swabbed in, your mouth. Swabbed my mouth. And that was one of the scariest. I, I do a joke about that. I don't really joke about much of my, my act, but I do a joke where uh, I had a friend who was like, man, that's like getting an AIDS test. Like, what are you talking about? One of those tests was positive. Your life is basically over. The yeah. other one is just AIDS. So, um. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. If we, okay, lost, if we lost some of our listeners, <laughs> please come back. Bring the them back in. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I'll turn around. I'll go all the way to Mordor and then back to the Shire. Okay. Okay. As Pat Oswald says. So, um, we, uh, so I was obviously very scared. I didn't know what to do. And I waited. I got the, before I got the result back, I got a photograph sent to me of my daughter, Olivia. And it literally looked like a baby picture of me. My daughter's a ging, by the way. Kind of like, kind of like, yeah. Um, it looked like a baby picture of me. My parents like, do you really need to wait for the results? Wow. How were uh, your parents through the whole ride? Um, I've always been surprised at how great my parents are pretty much along the path of my life. Because my dad's very Republican and conservative. My mom is, you know, very emotional. So I always expect the worst from both of them. And they're always really amazing. I don't know why I'd never expect that, but they always surprise me. So they were actually like, because I kind of hit, in the beginning, I kind of hid it from them until I really, really knew. Yeah. And I think there was a point, before I go into the idea of like, what a rad parent I am, there was a point where I said, can I deny this? Is this something in my heart and soul and mind mm -hmm. that I can actually just say, okay. She had a lot of money at the time. Yeah. She obviously had managed Mel Blanc and Friends. She had a lot of, you know. I was just going to say, for I'll never be able to watch Friends the same right now. Like, how you like, do it. <laughs> Dude. So, I um, had a bit on your mind. So, I well, I think, I, th I don't know what happened, but I think at the beginning, she said this is your, I don't know what happened, mm -hmm. but I think at the beginning, he maybe thought Olivia was his yeah. daughter and then got a, yeah. I mean, she looks like me, but with red hair. Yeah. And prettier, obviously. But I, anyway, so uh, so it took – my parents were okay with it. They were like, hey, just, you know, we'll do what we can to, to support you. And I think I kind of um, – Go back to that part you were just saying when I interrupted you about asking yourself, can I deny this? Did you like, – Yeah. When, yeah, I like I – well, explain that again. Um, yeah, there was a point – I think what – first of all, I was always one of these guys who in life I was a little bit of a golden boy. You know what I mean? I was like – number two in high school i went to princeton i graduated cum laude aerospace engineering my first job out of graduate school was a broadway gig is this all on your uh tinder account because that might be <laughs> yeah. why all those women came out to the show I was just this is very say, impressive yeah, I'm if just, i had a tinder just, account, no, no, but, no one's coming but so <laughs> so so here's so so there's a little bit of like i'm like this is my life like things work out for me that's how things ah. go my first i'm you know my first job is a lead in the guest star in a tv show my first did everything so when this happened to me, it wasn't part of this BS plan that I concocted in my head about how my life is supposed to unfold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And because I don't, for a reason, I didn't have the tools to really know how to deal with that, my uh, mechanism was just to shut down. 
and just kind of, I think for about two years, I was a zombie, just trying to figure out and not really, not really claiming it, not really denying it, just kind of sort of at the whim of whatever. This was the first thing in your life. Pregnant with the idea, which, which honestly, in fairness to men, I think there's a difference in the experience of bringing a child into the world because where as a woman from, you feel like I knew when I was pregnant with my daughters, like four weeks into it, like I could feel my body changing, which begins that relationship of like, Okay, so I'm bringing this other human being in the wor- into the world that's got this like crazy connection to me, you know, in a variety of ways. But even for a father that would have been present for the the whole pregnancy, you hear from a lot of men like, I just I was afraid I wasn't going to connect with this kid. Like, how do I know? And then all of a sudden, he or she arrives, and you go, Oh wow! Like now I get it. But but it, I can't imagine what it would have been like for you to have years go by i mean initially what a year and a half she was or before you even knew about her and then processing after that you know sort of being pregnant that's why i said being pregnant with the idea of like oh i brought this i'm responsible for this other human being that's now in the world yeah and uh i remember i met her probably i guess she's probably a year and eight months when i met her for the first time wow what was that like yeah it was pretty crazy because she was uh where was it describe that it was in the the woman had a I should mention her name probably she had an apartment in New York at the time the mother the mother did uh-huh. I guess it was a friend of a friend so I went down to see I think I was with my parents too I went down to meet my daughter and um, I guess she was maybe nine months she's still in diapers um, because I had to change her diaper like a couple times but this this time I remember she kind of looked at me at one point. And then she just put her hand to my face and touched my face. Mm. And then kind of put her hand down and then went back to playing. And I remember that was a moment like she's she's getting. It was, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Um, and uh, so after that, I kind of figured, well, I can kind of, like I said, Camille had, the mother had money. And uh, I said, well, I can be a part of her life and, and not necessarily have to be the guy paying for everything she's taken care of. As long as I'm okay, the problems ensued. Uh, not to buck the blame, but um, the the mother had, you know, she has a, a mental condition that mm-hmm. she's since taken care of. But for for, for many years, she had uh, she was bipolar and borderline, and um, it resulted in her not speaking with her family, with my family. She's very smart, very charismatic, so she would, she would galvanize people into her cause, into her you know mm-hmm. victimhood, and then all of a sudden she would torch it, and everyone would disappear. So her and my daughter were kind of sh- moving around quite a bit. And at this time, I was trying to figure out how to f- find a place in her life, and I talked to a lot of different people. There were lots of schools of thought. There's My acting and life mentor was like, ah, look, you just have to acknowledge it. You don't have to be dutiful. As a parent, you don't have to be dutiful, but you have to acknowledge it. Because there's still that part of me that said, can I just wait till she's 18, you know? And then there are people who are, like, very AA and very program. Like, you have to show up. You have to step up. You have to be there and do what you can and every step of the way and blah, 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 blah. Like the CrossFit people. Like, go. Yeah. So I CrossFit. I love the AA CrossFit. I like the acting mentor. He's like, what? What what did he say? You You have have to. He said, he said, acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge, but you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to be dutiful because he had a a child as well. Um, So I kind of, for for years, I kind of bounced between the two, trying to figure out how to do it. 
and I found that the more I tried to really be the, hey, let me show up, let me be the father, Cross show fit. up, and I'm there, and I'll pick her up from school. The more I did that, it kind of encroached on something in the mother that made her very uncomfortable, and it resulted in a lot of conflict that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. But if I completely disappeared, what would happen, the The mother would be okay, she might be in a relationship, things might be good, and the minute she would have a an episode or bipolar or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and everything would go tee up on a ditch, she would come to me and go, you deadbeat, where have you been? It's because of you and blah, blah, blah. Um, How would your daughter during that time react? Okay, yeah, What is her age during this, What the period that you're describing right now, how old is Olivia during this well, I'm time? I'm jumping around. So, so um, When you're showing up going, I'm here, I'm there, how old is she? Uh, the, the, when I first really, really wanted to be that guy, I would probably say she was in sixth grade, sixth okay. or seventh grade. And how would she react to that guy? She was great. We we we'd never we've never had a bad day together. There were times I picked her up uh, from school or whatever it was, and she'd be very, very quiet and withdrawn in the beginning because I don't know what her mother said about me. I always made a commitment. I said I will never say one bad word about her mom to her. I will never say anything. I won't say. And I knew her mom would say bad things about me because she would say it to me on the phone with Olivia in the car. I mean, she eventually got to the point. So so fifth, sixth grade, Olivia's very quiet. She's very cool. And then I think, I think this was when she was in sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. I felt like maybe I should tell her a little bit about how things have come to be like why i'm how i'm i'm her father oh wait she didn't know she didn't know she never got the story interesting i i know that she just felt that i was kind of not there a lot yeah she kind of wondered i'm sure she'd heard things from her mother that maybe i was a deadbeat whatever it was so i felt like i had to tell her um certain things and some of the things involve the fact that my parents were involved with the mother's life and she called my parents evil and mm. POSs and get out of my life you're the mm-hmm. devil and then my uncle and she'd call the you know, same thing like mm. she just would she um and also I just wanted to make sure that hey I wasn't you know me and your mother weren't a couple and then had you and then I left you this was like a yeah kind of surprised me that I've been kind of handling and I, maybe not as well as I liked um and I re- never forget this I, I said do you want to know like the real story about like and she said it doesn't matter as long as we're cool. She was like seventh grade when she said it. Maybe wow. sixth grade. Okay, second time I've almost When's her birthday? In this show. January 11th. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what time she is. Second time. As long as we're cool. Second time I almost cried in this show. <laughs> Do you know what the first time just was? Just when? Think about it. What did he say? When his daughter touched his face. <gasps> oh, in this show. Yeah. Twice in this Okay, got yeah, it. Twice yes. in this yeah. show almost cried. Joseph. Yeah, eyes welling up. So Can't sweet. look at Bill Dawes right now. <laughs> Like, give me some Pepto-Bismol, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to Reno. No, that wow. Was, that was Emily. Yeah. She was, I think wow. she was okay. sixth grade. She said, as long as we're cool, what a, it's okay. She's really old always soul. really self-possessed. Old soul, though, really man. I mean, well, I'm also wow. going to throw it out there that I think that part of it would have been that having a mother with that degree of instability at the time, you know, when as human beings, we're built when we face that kind of adversity or a, an unsettling situation 
we grow these inner muscles, I'm sure, which have grown for her to be able to navigate having yeah. a mother like that. Um, and, and so as much as we want to shelter our children, isn't it amazing how sometimes like the lot that they get in life kind of helps to build things in them that wouldn't have otherwise been there had yeah. everything just been rosy and the two of you had been together or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm still I'm still wondering how it's going to manifest into her adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I still have worry about that. And we we can get to that yeah. in a bit. Let's but. so so what she says as long as we're cool. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't really mind. Know. So okay. I never talked to her about the whole situation regarding mm-hmm. you know, um, like you know Matt LeBlanc thought he was, I, 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 I knew you were going to say that. I didn't. So I uh, I um, and then the, and then one other time I I talked to her about her mom it was probably when she was when she was graduating eighth grade. Her mother had an episode and like ran a car into a tree and was like hospitalized and basically was gone for three months and she mm. lived with her neighbors. So and I went to her eighth grade graduation. Her neighbors like, you know, Olivia's been living with us for three months. And I was like, I had no idea that that was the case. Yeah. So there was no regular contact between you and and Olivia uh, for the, you to have known that. Uh, Sorry, did that there, sound super? No, 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 no. no, 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 no what it sounded there was like. a time. There was a time. And this is this is part of the, this is part of the realization that I came to. There was a time, I would I would I would, like I said, between sixth, eighth, yeah, ninth grade. There was a time I would, I would let me get there, yeah. and show up, and blah blah blah. And then what would happen was pushed away, like they'd get really aggressive. And then I would kind of go, hey. And in retrospect, there was probably this weird small part of me that I don't like to acknowledge that was probably thinking, oh, good, now I don't have to take responsibility because how could I? Yeah, I've um, been pushed away. So there, I'm doing what you told me to do. Yeah, but in, yeah. but in reality, there's this voice there's in your head that says, "Hey, you should be still yeah. doing maybe not CrossFit guy, so but at least I didn't know. There. I yeah. So at that that point, um, so everything kind of came to a head around eighth grade graduation. Yeah, that was that was really bad. We got through that. She kind of got better. Um, then it went bad again in 2012, 2013. Um, she had another episode, ran another car to another, mm. another accident with my daughter at this time. Ugh. And I flew my daughter to New York and she stayed with me and I looked into taking custody mm-hmm. of my daughter full time. How old is she at this point? 14. Okay. So, um, and then. What was that like? Was that the first time she lived with you? First time she'd stay with me for that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, you know, yeah. longer than a visit. What was, was what was that like? It was it was pretty. Fourteen cool. year old in New York City. I know living with dad. Cool. What's uh, well, dad doing at that point? Are you touring comedy? Are you doing? Are I was you... doing a I was doing off Broadway play. Okay, that she came and saw. And at one point, my character rips his shirt off. She's like, Dad, I wish you told me you ripped your shirt off. It's so embarrassing. Because <laughs> she came and saw it with her friend. At yeah. one point, her and her friend went. You know, at, at fourteen, I said, Well, you can kind of leave. Go to the corner store together if you're going to, you know, make yeah. sure. And they went down to Shake Shack, which is 43rd and 8th, which is like the murder capital of New York City. I was like, what the heck? You guys went to Shake Shack? It's like right next to the Show World. Strip exactly. Park. I know exactly what it like, is. Oh, my God. Don't ever go there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Was she excited to live with you, though, during that time? Yeah. And, and that, and she had to go back to school. And I remember she said she didn't want to go back. She wanted to stay with me, you know, and, uh. I looked into New York schools. I talked to a family law attorney. And one of the things they said, they said, 
you can't um, getting custody of a, of a daughter from a mother who doesn't want to relinquish custody is, is next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And does she have a felony? It was like, yeah. Does she have a, a violent felony? No. Mm. It was basically that cut and dry. Wow. Unless she's a unless she's a violent felon, like, yeah. Then sorry. Even if even if they were living in the car, which is something that was possible, mm-hmm. and I went and I took her, then there'd be an amber amber alert. Yeah. Because we never went through the court system with this, you know. So the big thing that changed. So, she, so the mom had sole custody, sole legal custody. Sole. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess there is something along the lines of if you've if you've acknowledged paternity and there's some sort of. You can't then be denied paternity. So right, you we have never some went through rights, the court but in system. terms of custody, it's not. Yeah, um, and and like I said, there was parts where she was in good behavior and she was in good health, where it seemed like it might work out. Mm-hmm. And there was one time, there was probably about a five-year period where she was in a relationship and working, and it looked like this would be a very tenable situation, and then went all bad. Um, but what really changed is I ended up. <laughs> I ended up doing a, a weekend seminar, which was like a life coach seminar. I don't know if I'm allowed to name the program. Yeah. Um, but it was a landmark oh, forum, yeah. mm-hmm. which someone kind of duped me into doing. I was like, I don't want to do this garbage. But I, I went. And um, a lot of it was about taking responsibility. Look at some of your life, take responsibility for it where you never have. Mm-hmm. And I kind of examined the fact that have I taken responsibility for my daughter? And was I using the mom's tripolarity as an excuse to not take responsibility? Mm-hmm. And I had to really look at that and really kind of – so I just started crying and weeping and just thinking about how many years I'd made myself a victim of this. Mm-hmm. You wow. know, I was such a victim. Look what was done to me. I was – my career was – I was getting articles written. I was on Broadway. Was da, 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 and then this happened. It set my career – and this is, well, this is why I'm, you know – in Reno, no, but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I really made myself, and I was just weeping and crying, and I was trying to figure out at this point how to how to really negotiate a relationship. With, I guess at this point she's thirteen or fourteen. It's right after this happened, and this guy said, uh, or, or no, I guess it was actually before that. But I was crying. I was like, oh god, what a nightmare! Like he was just looking at me. You're a nightmare. And I said, I don't know what to do. I have a daughter. He goes, okay, well, what can you do? I don't know. Well, can you send money? I mean, yeah, but I don't have a lot of money. Okay, how much can you send a month? I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe $250. Okay, you can send $250. But yeah, but she won't let me. Okay, shh. can you send it at the same time every month? Yeah, I can send it to but but she won't let me see my daughter. Okay, da, da. can you say, say the 15th of every month, $250? Yeah, I could, but can you send it with a card to your daughter saying, Hey, how are you? I love you. Think about you. Da da da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean. Can you do that? Yeah. Well, just do that. But you, shut up. Just do it, and watch your life change. Every month, a card, check two hundred fifty dollars, nothing else. Hmm. So, but she won't let me see. She'll, just do it. Just shut up. Get out of here. Go. Do it. Watch your life change. And that's really what happened. In a nutshell, that's what happened. I just started sending. I don't think I did the first month, but a couple. I, I started writing the check with the card, and the first month was like two hundred fifty dollars. You think that's all you owe me, you piece of shit? Because I was very before the month. Sorry, it's sorry, okay. It's it. okay. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. Because before, before then, it was very much about. Uh, oh, she wants to go to space camp. I was like, well, here's twelve hundred dollars. I'll mm-hmm. give her. 
-hmm. She wants to do this after school. Well, here's four hundred fifty dollars. So I give money, very sporadic. Right, right. Over the time, sometimes months where there be nothing. Yeah. Doing well in relationship, and then all of a sudden, oh, you need twelve hundred. Well, here you go. Right. So I felt like I was doing something, you know. But then a year would pass, and I wouldn't give any money. So this consistency, I just started doing it. The first month. You're garbage. You think this is anything. Who cares? You owe me much more than that. Second month, same thing. Third month, I didn't hear anything. Fourth month, I fifth month, do you want to see your daughter? So that's what continued. After that, wow. I just kept sending the money, sending the cards, and then I got my relationship with my daughter back. And, uh, and this was actually before it went bad, but I was able to kind of... Afterwards. Before she came to live with you yeah. in yeah. New York? Yeah. yeah, this is before. and then But after she came to live with me, I was able to... so funny because I actually did Airbnb, and I was able to get enough money to get a place for my daughter and mother in Malibu, where she's going to high school. So I was able to get them a nice little, like, one-bedroom in Malibu with the money I got from Airbnb, and that got her through high school. Wow. And, uh, and now she's... Full scholarship at Berkeley. Wow, Full scholarship at Berkeley. that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, how often? So, so you started this monthly thing, which I understand has all kinds of implications in terms of your sense of it being a committed, you know, regular act on your part. Yeah. Her, both the mother and the daughter, to the extent that your daughter knew that those cards were coming, was she actually getting them? So she was having a regular... Uh, yeah, I think she was. Okay. I'm pretty sure she was. Um, and so where like, where has that taken you? Did it create normalcy in terms of physical, regular physical contact and seeing each other, being in regular c communication? or? Yeah, I think that the way that... Um this happened before yeah I, i've seen her a lot more in the past four or five years than mm -hmm. i probably saw her before then mm -hmm. um i don't think i don't think a year ever went by where i didn't see her but for example this year i've seen her i've gone up to berkeley three times and um you know i'm, I'm a little bit worried about her <laughs> berkeley yeah <laughs> she dyed her hair pink she's at berkeley that's she's what a, you gotta do she's she's a beautiful ginger yeah but she's she's got a hair pink. She's starting wearing a little bit of eyeliner. I'm Good. Like, All right, we'll yeah. see. But you know, she's 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 uh she's really amazing. But it's more regular now, yes, mm -hmm. than it was before then. I got the the question I got to ask you is, so there's some dads or a dad or a dad to be that's listening to the show, or even a mom, that's like, wow, this situation he's describing is what we're about to embark on. Or a dad that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I, I everything he's talking about, I, I'm, I'm going through. And what, what would you say to the dad? Because I gotta say, I think a lot of people, and you, you admitted it that when the, when the communication was turned off from the mother, hey, you know, we don't need you here. That you're like, oh, okay, tried my best. Later, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I think there'd be, you know, some people that are listening to the show that maybe might be in that spot of like, hey, I tried everything I could do, and you know, but right now they're 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 listening to to you and your story, and then boom, you just put a a period at the end of now she's at Berkeley full scholarship, and I visit her, and she's got pink hair, and you're, and then like, wow, like that journey is so different than I think a lot of people expected you yeah. to tell us right now. So you you have the ears of someone that's at the beginning of this journey, well, what would be, what would you say to them? 
they'll, they're probably going to talk to hundreds of people the way I talk to hundreds of people. I've talked to people who put children up for adoption, who had kids they never saw again. And I've talked to, and everyone finds ways to justify whatever life decision they make. That's the right mm. way. Mm-hmm. And you can see in their eyes whether or not they're telling the truth or whether they know they're telling the truth. Yeah. But um, I guess the way I look at pretty much everything in life is at the end of the day, there's one rule. And it's the golden rule. What do unto others, as mm-hmm. you, there's variations of it, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a father or a mother, you'd want to know them. I think anyone would. Mm-hmm. And people go, I'm okay with it. I'm okay that I'm adopted. But everyone I know who's adopted has this desire. And if they don't have a desire, they have an anti-desire. And they're like, I don't care. Screw them. They left me and blah, 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 blah. But there's something there. Mm-hmm. So my feeling was... It, of course, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I want to know my daughter my, might be my only offspring I have. But also, um, this girl should know who her father is. You know, that's just that's just right. You know, and uh, and I, like Jeff said, my acting mentor, I don't think you have to be the most dutiful father in the world. But I think if you don't acknowledge acknowledge it, I think that's just going to hurt everyone. And I think there's there's a space between dutiful and acknowledging too, where you can just be consistent and show up. And that doesn't mean you have to say, "I'll pick her up and CrossFit and bless and hashtag YOLO and hashtag God and all that stuff." Yeah. But you have to kind of, in some some way, let her know that you're there. And yeah. it could be a hundred dollars a month or whatever it is, or just a card a month. But I think there has to be some acknowledgement. What what you did was is is that you allowed her to be able to not have a blank when it came to who's your father? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question. All right, let's move on to the next thing. You were able to you said, "You know what? Um, I'm going to I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a person and a face and a and a and a, a life attached to it and and it's me. Here yeah. I am." And yeah. the other thing is I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of drama uh, men v women regarding this and I think that women often feel both parties feel very victimized in situations like this. Uh, and I have friends right now who have gone through divorce and they have kids and they're trying to. And I think the most important thing to realize is nothing is ever personal. And people are just operating completely out of fear. So when this mother was attacking me and calling me the devil and deadbeat and all this other stuff, she's terrified because she has to raise this kid. And mm-hmm. she also have, has an emotional life that due to her condition, she's not able to completely figure out Mm -hmm. so i would you know what screw you i'm a good guy you know and i would fight it as opposed to go okay this is not about me this is about her fear Mm -hmm. and you can always just say i'm not going to be a part of this conversation and i'm hanging up boom you don't have to there's there's no i've seen too many parents getting an abusive fighting things like i'm here with your daughter at the corner and you know i've I've overheard on the street and it just makes me go it never has to be that way. You just want to do what's best f- for your daughter. If, if you're operating from a place of ego or jealousy, you're in the wrong. God, isn't it crazy? So, like, we've had so many parents on this show that are every day with their kids and so many great guests on the show. And then you have Bill in here who figured out that whole scenario of what I think it was the very first show you and I ever did together. And, Ed, do you remember when you said you got to leave your ego at the door? Yes. And I told you, oh my gosh, re- like, that is so hard to do. Yep, not yeah. take things personally, even with a child, not taking things personally oh, as yeah. a parent. Yeah. Um. So what? Would, so if you were to summarize, like, what 
because I think that if I'm a parent listening to this, I'm I'm wanting to know, like, was there something that you would have done differently that you know better at this point in in this very sort of unique and yet not unheard of journey um, that a father that's maybe, you know, his child is, you know, two or three and he's like, OK, I really want to get this together as soon as possible, Good because question. if it could work out for you, you know, I'd like to know how to do this sooner than later. So is there um, anything you would have done differently is the question. I guess I, I, I might have just uh, done exactly what I did with the card and the, the check and maybe not the same amount. Maybe I would have just done, like I said, $100 in a card. Mm-hmm. If I if I had done that consistently, because at the end of the day, that may seem like a lot. But if you do that once a month, how much time, how much money is that? That's mm-hmm. nothing. And if I had done that when she was a young child it just you know i don't know what the difference would have been um i'm not saying that it would have completely made the mother change or would have changed our relationship mm-hmm. um because we're still talking about mental illness which is a, mm-hmm. the third rail but um i think that things might have cooled down a lot i think that the consistency for both my daughter and her mother she gave them some sort of guidepost or something that they felt that they were lacking. Right. So I think that the feeling of, Hey, I'm there for you. It needs to be manifested somehow. And like I said, like I said, a card or that was the easiest thing in the world to do. So that makes me think that it sounds to me like, okay, let me see if I can get this thought, thought clear. So I think that we all do our best when we figure out what we are truly capable of, like whatever the situation is, like, here's what I think I'm capable of. If yeah. I want to stretch that another 10%, I'm probably where I should be. Yeah. Um, and I think what happens is when a parent, even a mother or father, mother and father who ha- are with their children on, on the day to day, take that to an extreme where they're like being self-sacrificing on behalf of their children, thinking that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And what it inevitably does is creates a resentment. It makes us less than we can actually be. And I think that what you're saying is in p- your particular scenario, there's something about figuring out truly what is the best that I am capable of under these circumstances to get, because the consistency gave to your point, the mother and the daughter, a sense of, okay, here's what we can count on. And then we can arrange ourselves around that as opposed to having this wild card of like, is he in or is he out? You know, what can we count on? Is he good? Which for your daughter, sadly, I could see that there would have been to have a lack of consistency with you. And then also a lack of consistency with her mom, just because of the, the, um, the, the mental illness would have been, you know, uh, a very difficult to navigate for her to not have anything solid that she could count on. And so your consistency provided some of that, which I think is really an important part of parenting and creating that foundation for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the communication between me, it was also the age of the child is important, too, because now with Facebook and everything, I guess you're you can contact you. They still have to be 14. Right. Be on Facebook. I don't know, but there was there was a couple years where I only had access to my daughter through the mother, which is where things got uh-huh. a little a little tricky. Yeah, and actually, I, I wrote a I wrote a a pilot. If there ain't producers out there, called, <laughs> called uh, my daughter's my Facebook friend, which is based on it's sort of based on my. In this one, the daughter's seven, and she comes and finds me. She uses she uses like 
Foursquare or whatever, and like finds yeah. finds her dad, yeah. who didn't know that he was a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, when I was out of touch with my daughter at one point, when she was around this time, eighth grade, thirteen, she friend requested me on Facebook, mm. and that was kind of one of our first forays back in communication. Um, so anyway, that was yeah. So p- part of the part of the situation, I see a lot of dads going through the situations they 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 want to be in contact with the daughter but they have what nothing to do with, with the, the mother. mother and i think that um that's understandable and uh but i think there's always a way to still show that you're there and right. acknowledge them and uh, even if you if you're going to send card look even if you send cards every day and a check every day whatever it is yeah. you want to do and the mother says, screw this guy and puts it in the shoebox. Yep. The shoebox is going to be found. Yeah. Sooner or later. Yeah. And I, and I think that you're you're committing to the thing. You have no control over what she does with that, what the mother yeah. has. What you have control over is how you show up in the world. And yeah. I think what I'm taking away from this is what children need in any context is some degree of consistency that they know they can count on. Yeah. And so what I think we're saying here today is whatever your role is in relation to your child, and especially in this you know, sort of unique scenario, find a way that you can be consistent, that that your child will know they can count on, and the rest will not necessarily fall into place like some magical little somebody's waving a wand, but at least if you can do that and tell your child is an adult and can make decisions for his him or herself and figure out how you build your relationship from there, you've probably done the best you can under those circumstances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that the consistency, I think that's the word that, is really left from this whole conversation was it at the beginning you weren't able to figure out a way to be consistent once you once you did then the relationship started to connect and then grow mm-hmm. yeah and now now you guys are where you are man i gotta thank you bill so much for coming in and and being so honest and and transparent and uh really talking about something that i don't i've never had a conversation with anyone like this about this type of topic yeah. and and uh and uh it's it was it's amazing and and hopefully uh you know uh your relationship continues to grow and you know i can't wait to meet your daughter because i'll know oh, your yeah. daughter i pink hair totally want to have, have a conversation hair. with pink olivia hair. i want to know i want I would her love perspective you. I would on love, all this i would love for you to meet her yeah she, she's she's really amazing she challenges me a lot i would love her to she's be on very the show. much a feminist and she's very much like dad how dare you say that word yes. How dare you do that? You know, she'll get along really well. Girl. She'll get along with Anaya. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it could ever happen, but we would love to have her on the show when she I'd comes down it. to LA to visit you. Yeah, for sure, it'd be great. We've done that before, where we had a, a homeschool mom come in here, and she talked all about raising her children, you know, in the homeschool network and everything like that. And then I said, "Hey, we want to have your son on," and he came on here. He he was great, Phineas. We always talk about him. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it would be great. I think it'd be really it would be awesome great. to hear from her perspective what it was like to navigate. Yeah. And thank you so situation. much for spending uh, time with us and yeah. coming in and and doing that. And I hope that some other dads and some other moms out there and some other parents that are possibly going through the same ride um, had an opportunity to, to to hear another story of it turning out a different way than you might anticipate it going right now. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. Hey, with that said, um, I want to let you guys know. Um, Keep the emails coming. I know I say it each and every week. Um, this show came out of an email from you guys, radparenting at gmail.com. Uh, also want to thank you guys for all the reviews at iTunes. And um, I think we're out of here. And uh, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Boak. And our guest. Bill Dawes. And we are out of here. Late. Late.